What is a narcissist afraid of? What are some of the fears that a narcissist actually has? Today, I want to be able to share with you four different fears that a narcissist has. And we're going off of some notes that I've taken from the book, uh, The Narcissist in Your Life by Julie Hall. So check that out. So if you guys don't know who I am, my name is Ben Taylor. I run Raw Motivations and I'm a self-aware narcissist that's on this channel, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, to promote awareness. Awareness about what narcissism is, growth, healing, and change. To try to be able to provide that for people that are getting out of these narcissistic abusive relationships that don't understand what happened. The confusion, the frustration, the, the fog in one sense that's covering your eyes of where you don't know what's right, what's wrong, what's true, what's real. All these different type of things that's like flooding through your mind. With the fog that happens with narcissism, a lot of times it's that fear, obligation, and guilt that make you confused, make you want to go back, or get you stuck in a trauma bond where you're locked into that, where you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how I'm supposed to get out. I know this relationship is toxic. I know it's not beneficial for me to stay in here because of the anxiety, the weight gain, the stress, like all these different types of things, but I still have that feeling. I still want to connect with this person. I still want to see them. I still want to hug them. I still want to interact with them. And you're like, why do I feel this way? Like, I feel crazy. You might be experiencing a trauma bond where you're stuck to that person based on hope, potential, or cognitive dissonance that's pulling you back to them. My job on here is to try to help educate you so you understand what it is and then also work with people one-on-one -on -one to be able to break those ties so that you're no longer trauma bonded. You can implement the tools and systems that we teach here to be able to help you get healed, healthy, and whole as you move forward. And as you get through the detox phase where everything is like there's more peace in your life because you're not actively being abused, but it doesn't feel peaceful because you're, you're still not interacting with that person. You're going through like a detox phase where you're going to have physical, mental and emotional like symptoms of actually detoxing from this other person. And as you continue moving through that system, you get to the place where we start giving you clarity and vision and values of, hey, how do I set boundaries to not go back to this person? And how do I set boundaries so I don't get involved with another toxic person? And let's continue to move you forward in that growth. If that's something you're interested in reaching out and talking, you can go to my website, rawmotivations.com. You can download our app, NARC, which is N-A-R-C, Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Community. You engage with people on there, record your truth, track your no contact, talk with people in the community, um, engage with uh, the weekly exclusive lives that are inside the app or the monthly coaching calls that we have as well. We'd love to be able to have you a part of that community. So what is the narcissist actually afraid of? What are some of the narcissistic fears? So the four things I want to talk to you today. Number one is being exposed. You know, when you think about it, a narcissist is actually very insecure underneath. A lot of times people are like, no, they can't be insecure. They've got this giant ego. A lot of times that giant ego is just a fragile way to be able to guard the idea of having that insecurity. Like there's no aspect of there being any bit underneath that's like, okay, this is you know, this is who I am. This is who I want to be able to share. Like, no, they, they don't want to be able to share that insecurity of what's actually going on. The thing behind it is they're often compelled to have the idea of like, hey, I am perfect. And you see that ego, you see that huge aspect that's driven among them where they want to be a certain way, where they feel like they have to be. It's almost like a compulsion that I have to be perfect. So anything that's going to be out there that's going to expose me and say that I'm not perfect is not something that I can live with. It's not something that I can deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. Think of it like this way. For a narcissist, the idea of feeling ordinary, 
or average or you know normal in one sense you know almost gives the idea to them that it equals like worthlessness like if i'm not special if i'm not a high status if i'm not someone who can associate with those type of people if i'm not someone of that nature stature you know specialness in one sense then you know what am i you know that's the concept of like i feel worthless if I'm not special, if I'm not on a pedestal, if I'm not having someone praise me, if I'm not having someone adore me, if I'm not having someone give me that supply, then what am I? Well, I must be worthless because I'm not special. And oftentimes the narcissist is going to end up being threatened by having other people see their flaws. This is why a narcissist can't admit that they're wrong. Like they can't admit that something's actually going on, that they might not be right. And so they would rather die on the hill of self-righteousness of like, I am right, even though they know they're wrong, than they would actually admit or have someone else actually see their flaws. So number one, the narcissist hates to be exposed. Number two, losing control. If you've been on my channel or seen my stuff, you know one of the big things I talk about a lot is narcissists want to be in control in control of the other people, in control of the situation, and in control of their mask. Being in control of their image is one of the most important things for a narcissist because if I can control what you see, then I can control what you do. I can control how you act. I can control how you respond because if I control your perception of me, the perception of the situation, then again, I have control over that. A lot of times you'll see with narcissists, they'll be incredible control freaks or micromanagers. I was actually looking back through some notes that I had on Evernote and some stuff popped up with uh, my time at Chick-fil-A. And it was about like a, I don't know, it was a note from, gosh, like 12, 14 years ago kind of thing. And it was one of those exercises I was supposed to go around and supposed to ask different employees like what uh, what they see my leadership style, like what they see as far as me leading and things like that. And one of the things I noticed is I was like skimming through it. Someone was like, yeah, you tend to be a micromanager. And I was like, I'd forgotten about that. But like that was my style early on until I started realizing like, hey, if I give a little bit more, then I can get a little bit more like that whole thing. But anyways, so micromanaging, very common. You know, a narcissist wants to control, wants to micromanage because in reality, what they're doing is they're trying to control the situation to maintain their self-beliefs. This is where it gets kind of interesting. Like think of it this way. It's almost like gaslighting to gaslight. So like this is my belief, like, hey, I'm a good person, so I need to control my image out there, but I also need to control the entire situation so I make sure that I maintain that good image idea. So this means I might have to limit who you see. I might have to limit who you talk to because I don't want them to impact the possibility of acknowledging that my image is not the image that I'm trying to believe, even though the image that I have is a lie. If you haven't had a chance, check out some of my videos on um, the lies that I believe because I talk through the seven lies that were crucial and that were things that I was believing. And when I went through the Wake Up Warrior Challenge and all this kind of stuff, I had started learning, hey, these are the lies that I actually have. One of the lies was I am a good person. Like that was the thought that was in my mind, even though I knew it wasn't true by my actions and by what I was doing, I was unwilling to acknowledge that because I didn't want to be exposed. I had to be perfect and I had to be in control. So I had to believe the lie that I'm a good person. Anyways, number three, being humiliated. The idea of the narcissist being humiliated is very huge because it accesses a giant aspect of vulnerability that the narcissist doesn't want to tap into. When you think of it like criticism, you ever tried to give criticism to your narc or to your toxic person? What that shows to them is all of a sudden I've lost face 
you know, I've lost my special status. I've become this regular person because I made a mistake because I did something wrong and they don't want to handle that. What happens when it, you humiliate a narcissist is it stirs up the idea of vulnerability of like you just exposed and you just brought up something that is like very vulnerable. And like vulnerability and honesty are two things that a narcissist does not want to participate in. When you, when you engage in the aspect of humiliating a narcissist or they're humiliated by the criticism or what someone communicates or how people respond to them or things like that, it automatically gives the idea of rejection and shame. And with that shame, you normally get into the idea of where you see people talk about like narcissistic injury, of where they're hurt so bad that they disappear, they hurt so bad that they don't respond, all this different type of stuff. But sometimes you'll see it the opposite way is you'll get close to starting to like humiliate them or like expose them for something or you know bring something up, criticize them, and that's when they flip it around on you. Because for a narcissist, they would rather humiliate someone else than they would feel humiliated. Because again, that attacks their vulnerability, that attacks their shame, loss of face, special status, being exposed, losing control, all those different types of things, it activates. And so wait a second, like if I can go on the offensive to attack you, Instead of you attacking me, because that's what the narcissist interprets it. Criticism is a, is a form of attack on the narcissist and their mindset. If I can attack you first, then maybe they won't attack me. So it's playing offense instead of defense before the person has a chance to even come to the table and say, hey, this might be something you need to work on. They don't want to hear that. All right, so number one was being exposed. Number two, losing control. Number three, being humiliated. Number four, being rejected. Being rejected for a narcissist touches into that core root of the idea of abandonment. You know, this is something that Dr. Ramani was talking about in one of her videos saying that how abandonment is like a core and like a primal fear that a lot of people have. But for the narcissist, the idea of that rejection, that abandonment shows the evidence in their mind of their unlovability. It shows, hey, this further proves the story that I'm telling myself that I'm not able to get love, that I'm unable to be loved, that the unworthiness, the stuff inside me is so bad that no one is ever going to accept me and no one is ever going to love me. The problem is they self-perpetuate that thought process with their actions. This is where they turn to rationalizing what they do. It wasn't my fault. It was someone else's fault. I'm the victim. They switch to gaslighting, making sure the other person feels like they're at blame, or they go back to hoovering, trying to get back with a person, trying to interact with another person to be able to prove, you know, I am lovable, but then I will leave you. You know, if I can get back with you, then I can go ahead and leave you because then I'm in control. I'm no longer humiliated and I'm no longer exposed, but I'm the one rejecting you, which feels better than getting rejected. A lot of times you'll see this happen with kids is you'll see it get to the place where because the narcissist feels rejected or has been rejected, then they start fighting for the kids harder than what they've ever fought in the past. It's not because they love the kids and it's not because they want the kids. It's because the sole intention of let me reject you, let me push back on you, let me hurt you because you're hurting me or because I feel hurt by you. And you'll see this even if the narcissist leaves the relationship and they'll still come back and they'll still be like, I'm going to fight for the kids so I can get back at you. You oftentimes see them come up with like smear campaigns and anything like that to be able to devalue the other person because the idea is I would rather have this happen to you than I would have it happen to me. 
So what are those four things? Narc fears being exposed, losing control, being humiliated, and being rejected.